0: Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. This is the only podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered perspective of what it's really like to be a professional cheerleader. Whether you're currently on a pro team, an alumni, or really curious about what it takes to become a pro cheerleader, the Pro Cheerleading Podcast gives you all the inside scoop and hot topics in the pro cheerleading industry and in-depth interviews of current and former cheerleaders. I'm your host, Makiba. Join me every Wednesday as I reveal the truth behind the palms. Well, you guys, thank you for tuning into another episode of the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. Today, I have Nicole Dreher with me. You probably have taken her dance classes. She is the creator and choreographer of Dance with Dreher. She has seven years of experience as a pro dancer, both in the NHL and NFL. And so I'm just so happy to have you on the show. Finally, Nicole, thank you for joining us today. What happened? Thank you so much for having me. I've been a fan of, of your
1: podcast for so long, so I'm super excited to be here. I feel like I know you in real life, even though I really don't, just because of listening to so many podcasts (laughs) and cheer chat and all the Instagram lives and things like that. So,
0: Oh, well, thanks for joining. I feel the same way. I've definitely been following you for a while as well. And uh, somebody called you out and was like, we need to connect for this season as one of the people they wanted to hear from. So long overdue, but welcome, welcome, welcome. So I want to dig in. I did one episode with Brittany with uh, interviewing a former teammate of ours that also did Seahawks and, and dance for a semi-pro hockey team in the Portland area, but you are an NHL dancer and I know you've also had yeah. in the NFL, but I just want to hear your story in terms of your extensive dance background and just kind of what made you pick the NHL. We'll get there, but tell us a little bit about yourself and just your dance background. Okay. So I'm going to make
1: this like as succinct as I can. It's kind of detailed, but long story short, when I was, I think like 16, I saw the Pro Bowl cheerleaders on TV and I was like, wait a second, you're telling me that all these NFL teams have cheerleaders. And that was like what sparked my interest in the pro dance and cheer world. Uh, But I always said to myself, like, there must be thousands of girls out there who want these spots you know, back then it truly was all female squads. There really weren't males um, on any of the teams at that point. And I was like, but there's no way like I would make it. Like these people are gorgeous and so talented. And I just, I guess I was a little hard on myself. I didn't really think it was a realistic dream. Um, Growing up in Pittsburgh, we did not have any, Steelers, cheerleaders, none of the professional sports teams there had any type of pro dance team, So it really wasn't on my radar very much until Mm -hmm. I went to college. And my um, college dance team coach was a former Cleveland Cavaliers dancer. And she was the first person who was like, what are you going to do after you graduate? And I was like, I don't know. I just, I'm just going to go, you know, be a teacher with my degree. And she's like, you should not stop dancing. And so that's when I started to explore my options. So that was way back in 2013, and I decided to just... Okay, it wasn't
0: that long ago. It was not that it, long ago.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's a, it feels a little long ago, like when I think not. back. <laughs> you know, I was a young, early 20-something, and now I'm 30, and so it feels a lot longer than maybe it was. But I decided mm-hmm. that year to just honestly audition for any team that, like, scheduled, their audition schedule didn't conflict with other things I had going on. And so that year, I tried out for five NFL teams. I learned a lot along the way. Sometimes I got cut in the first round. Sometimes I made it to semifinals and on one of the teams, which of course was Cincinnati, I ended up making the team. So, you know, I learned something along the way for sure. Um, And I was like, wow, like I remember getting that email where my name was on it. And I just remember screaming and freaking out. It was totally a dream come true. And I couldn't believe it. Like this little girl who, you know, grew up not around cheerleaders in the NFL like all of a sudden this was going to be my reality and so that's where it all started and I cheered for four years with um the Bengals and was a captain for two of them so it was a very great program for me and everything Uh, worked out the way it was supposed to
0: well can we go back to I love that you kind of mapped out like the five auditions to try to do I mean I guess a lot of people have that option now because they're virtual but for you that meant probably a lot of traveling around the (laughs) <laughs> the East I, Coast, or how did you map yes. that out?
1: So, in all honesty, I literally printed out a gigantic calendar that year and I wrote down every single team's audition. And so, of course, you know, there were multiple teams in the same day, and I had to pick and choose which mm-hmm. team I could realistically travel to. I mean, every team was on the Eastern half of the U.S. I S I didn't make it out West at all, but that year I tried out. So I lived in Pittsburgh because I was still in college. I lived in Pittsburgh and I traveled to Tampa and Baltimore and Philadelphia, Houston, and then Cincinnati. And it just like the flights worked out, the hotels worked out. I spent thousands of dollars, but I wanted to be there. I just had to try it and give it my all and see what it was all about.
0: Dang, that's dedication. I love that though, because I mean, you know, like being stuck up here in the Pacific Northwest, you know, like no other options other than the Seahawks and we lost our NBA team. So I definitely admire that, especially, you know, like I said, it was a lot tougher without virtual auditions to kind of make that happen. But I love that you made a plan and figured it all out, invested. And like you said, learning so much, I'm sure along the way with going to the different auditions and Seeing the different processes and whatnot, so wow, that's impressive. Actually, yeah. I like I like that audition story, trying out for different teams, but uh almost like a road trip effect. I love that.
1: Yeah, it was pretty crazy. And my now husband back then was my boyfriend, and he was like, "Sure, like I'll go with you to a couple of these. Like, let's just make it an adventure." So like, it wasn't like I had to go by myself and I had to go alone, you know. But there were definitely times, you know, the first four teams I didn't make it, and. I got some blunt feedback at one of them, you know, talking about my look, another one, you know, I got cut in the first round and got no feedback. And I was like, well, how do you make semifinals here? And then you get cut in the first round. Like it just, I didn't understand a lot back then. I was very young and naive and I didn't really get the full picture of, it's not always just about how talented you are. You have to be the full picture. You have to be professional. You have to have that team's look. You have to follow their directions. You know, so I learned a lot from my mistakes as I went along. Um, And so now I try to share that with other people of I learned a lot. I still feel like I am learning, you know, especially now that auditions are virtual. I think that everyone is still really learning what the pro dance auditions are like now.
0: Yeah, because they are absolutely absolutely changing. We'll get into that a little bit too. Um, So you found your home in Cincinnati with the Bingals. That um, sounds like it was an awesome opportunity for you as well there. So then tell us like what piqued your interest about hockey? Because I think hockey is an interesting space where there are some teams where they just um, kind of, you can correct me at any point with these high, <laughs> high hockey <laughs> yeah. curves, but that kind of like clear the ice. Yeah. And then there are straight up dance teams that perform, whether they're in the stands or certain platforms or on the ice actually, but what was it that intrigued you about dancing in the NHL? So after
1: my fourth season with the Bengals, my husband and I had actually been doing my now husband, I keep saying that but like then he was so my boyfriend we were doing um long distance relationships for a while because of his job and we basically got the information that his job was taking him to Philadelphia and there was no chance that he would ever be moving back to Cincinnati and so ultimately for our relationship we made the decision for you know me to decide to retire from Bengals and then actually move to Philadelphia one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make in my life but mm-hmm. um Coming out here, I just started trying out for anything and everything. So, you know, we live like about an hour north of Philadelphia. So, you know, there's New York teams to audition for and there's Philadelphia teams to try out for. And that year I tried out for lots of things, made it to finals for more than one team, uh, but ultimately didn't make the final teams and was scrolling on Instagram one day and saw a company that had posted like a dance uniform with the Philadelphia logo on it for the NHL. And I was like, wait, they have dancers and cheerleaders. What is this? And so that's when I started doing my research and the colors were orange and black the same way that they were in Cincinnati. So I was like, okay, I'll go audition for this. I don't, I don't know much about it, but it. I put on that morning of the audition. Um, so this was August of 2017. I put on one of my outfits that I had worn at Bengal Finals and like everything just felt right when I put that outfit on. And orange and black like did not used to be my favorite colors by any stretch of the means. <laughs> Being a blonde, <laughs> I feel like orange is a harsh color. Um, but I put on that tryout outfit and I showed up to the audition not knowing what to expect at all. It turned out to be very similar to what um, Cincinnati had been. We danced with Palms and that was part of the audition process. And you performed, you did an interview, you did some media type of coverage. So it was really similar in that regard. And I ended up being one of four rookies who made the team that year.
0: Wow. Well, that's yeah. cool that it is somewhat similar because me personally, I would have thought that it would have been something additional that was required or is it something that I wouldn't have necessarily equated the two. I mean, I learned a lot from that ice ice baby episode of like just the similarities it's the same thing it's just a different different sport but how have you enjoyed that experience like what is the vibe like game day wise from like being in a football field versus like because hockey i have not well I, that's not true i've been to one now because we went down to portland for the Winter Hawks games but like i have not been to an nhl game but they seem nuts i think portland was very tight <laughs> in comparison yeah. so tell me what it's like dancing in that environment Um, it's very different from the NFL.
1: I will say, you know, for me, when I was in the NFL, my absolute favorite part of that whole experience was the game days. And it's almost unfortunate that you put in so much work and you only get 10 game days days out of, Uh, you know, out of your whole season. And so, you know, like it just, for me, coming to the NHL was there's 41 home games. So you're going from a 10 game performance season to a 41 game performance season. Now you don't have to work every single game. You can certainly say like, Oh, I'm a student and I can't do any games that are on Tuesday nights. Or, you know, for me being a school teacher, I can't always do some of the weekday games, but I can do all of the weekend games. So you don't have to do all 41 games. Some people do almost all the games. Some people do about half of the games, but you have so many more chances to dance.
0: Oh, I didn't know it was like basketball in that way with that many yeah. games.
1: That's crazy. So many games. And then the games themselves, because you're right in the stands, you're on your platform or you're out like in the, we call it the concourse area, but it's like where the concessions and the doors and things like that are, you know, the meet and greets and the photo ops you know, that's where you spend a lot of your time at the game. I mean, you are face to face with fans the entire time. So you really get to know them. You really get to interact with them a lot more than you do when you're in the NFL. So that was a big change in things. I mean, you have conversations and you literally get to know people, especially season ticket holders who come every single game and they're coming up and talking to you and you get to know their kids and that kind of thing. So a lot more interactive with the fans.
0: I mean, I think in the NFL, it's like you're almost like untouchable. There's a little bit of interaction if you're selling calendars or kind of obviously out in the community. Right. But like you said, you're not seeing the people who come to the games week to week or what have you. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Very
1: different. The style of dance (laughs) is a little different too, just in the sense of, you know, you can't really do pirouettes and leaps. And kicks and that sort of thing when you have people who are truly only a couple of feet away from you. So it is more of like a palm motions, lots of hair flips, body rolls, like that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. something that you could do in a really small, confined space, basically.
0: Oh, that's a good point. That's at least what I see from the teams that are out there and are posting the performances. You are kind of tight in your space that you have yeah. to work with. But you seem like you're so much more part of the action too. Like. I would have gotten high off that. I think just being able to perform and being that close to the fans during your performances, I think I would have found that pretty, this
1: is a lot of energy. It is is a lot of energy and, and hockey fans can, can get rowdy for sure. I mean, it definitely happens, you know, with football too, but hockey fans are up and they're yelling and they're screaming and you can be happy one second and angry the next, you know? And so you're really a part of that game day experience for them.
0: Oh my gosh. And you're just out there the whole game. It's not like, You're going behind, you know, to the locker room or something like that, and coming out for performance. If you're just out there the whole game, kind of like football,
1: sort of. So a lot of the time, so in hockey, there's three periods, and then there's two intermissions between, you know, the first and the second, and then the second and the third. Um, And so we're dancing during the game during the timeouts. That's during the three periods, and then typically one of the intermissions, we take it as like a break to, you know, recoup in the locker room, go over whatever routines we need to do. And then typically in the second intermission is when we do um, a team performance. So that way, the first intermission, we get to relax a little. Second one, we're working the whole time through it. And that takes us all the way through to the end of the game.
0: And games last typically how long?
1: So for a game that starts at 7 p.m. our time, we would get there at 4.30 to have a production meeting, to have a quick little rehearsal. And then we're right up there on the concourse as soon as the doors open for fans. And then you leave at about like 9, 9.30 at night. So wow, what's that like? Yeah. About five or so hours is a game day. Mm-hmm. So considerably shorter than an NFL game day. But words.
0: action-packed though. <laughs> Very action-packed. Packed they're <laughs> very, very yeah. busy hours no that's awesome so I love just hearing like different experiences because I think people sometimes forget I'll say about like whether it's semi-pro opportunities or just other sports different leagues that are out there there are other opportunities to dance if you just kind of keep that in mind right and yes. so I like hearing about just something else to, to think about for people to have in the back of their minds do your research because not all of them have like a lot of info out there on their websites about their teams I feel like that landscape has changed a little bit at least from when Brittany and I started the podcast we were kind of thinking I mean I think at the time there might even have been something for MLB where it was like some kind of team that was formed and
1: I've heard rumblings of different things where you know where people reach out and they say hey do you know anything about about this team and I'm like there's cheerleaders at baseball games I had no idea so I feel like I still learn and like new leagues are popping up here, there, and everywhere, and I think it's really just about doing your due diligence. Like, if you dream of being a pro dancer or cheerleader, then it's your responsibility to go out there and and be searching for those auditions. Like, you can't just say to someone, "Hey, give me a list of all the auditions out there." You have to take the initiative for that.
0: Oh no, yeah, we're not. <laughs> that's not part it, of which is why I bring guy. it up. So. <laughs> that's not <laughs> how it goes. Um, that's a good point. I'm just going to pause on that for a minute because I think. You know, there's so much information at people's fingertips now, yet and still there's, I won't just call them out as like lazy, but it's just kind of like the due diligence piece is something that I think people should kind of appreciate that. Yes, it's great to reach out to people and ask questions and try to connect and get some, you know, inside scoop, but there's a little bit of, you know, work that you kind of got to do on your own too. And I think that's fair to to say because that's... (laughs) (laughs) There's not that much hand holding to it. But let's talk about the Dreyer and like how you started that, kind of like what inspires that for you and how you're managing that with everything else that you've got going on. Yeah. So
1: super crazy, you know, pandemic happens and everything shuts down. And for literally years, I had talked to some of my best friends about how I would love to teach like a pro style dance class. I followed different amazing instructors, like former DCCs who hosted awesome classes in Dallas. And I was just like, I would love to have something like that. And I had talked about it forever. And when the pandemic started, one of my best friends grabbed the phone within like the first like day or two and was like, right now you are going to announce a virtual dance class on your Instagram page. And I was like, what? And she's like, Look, I just saw that this team is going to have a free dance class, and you should teach a free dance class on your Instagram page. Like, let's just see what happens. And I was like, Friend. I was like, Okay, her name is Kathy. And I actually know her from the NHL. I was in her wedding yesterday, actually. Uh, but She was the one who was like, nope, you're going to do it. I'm going to teach you how to make advertisements, you know, on this website. And you're going to post this. And this is how you find your insights on Instagram. And this is how you go live. I mean, she taught me everything I needed to know. And so this was in March. I was one of like the first people to kind of jump on that virtual bandwagon. And I remember before the first class, she asked me, how many people like, do you really hope show up? And I was like, well, I would love it if like 20 people attended, but like, I would still be happy even if there was 10. 65 people showed up to that Instagram live and oh took God. that class. And I was like, what? Like people, people really want to do this. And so the feedback was so positive that I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll try another class then. And so the same thing happened. There was like 50 people and I was like, okay, well, you know, let's just keep going with it. And that's really how the whole thing started. You know, we really didn't know like when were performances performance is going to come back, when we're auditions going to come back. There were just so mm-hmm. many question marks. Mm -hmm. So my thought process was I wanted to stay ready for if, and when our games were coming back. And so for me, you know, not being able to take any type of dance classes, I think, you know, I'm a firm believer that like, if there's something that you love to do, then you need to do it often and it's going to help your mood. It's going to help you stay in shape. And so I just decided, you know what, every Tuesday night, like we're, we're just going to dance virtually until until then one, you know, shows up anymore. And here we are a year and three months later, something like that, like 60 some dances later, you know, we're still dancing on Tuesday nights. So
0: I love that. So very, I crazy. Mean, very crazy. So that's clearly, you know, one of the very, very positive things that came out of the pandemic for you. I love that push though, to just go for it. It's really sometimes scary putting yourself out there, especially for like a business and, you know, just all that second guessing. But I just love that it's Cassie, right? She yep. get that push that sometimes you just need because you can perfect along the way, right? It's like, just, just go for it. And providing that, I think, especially during this rough time, I know there were a lot of choreographers that tried to provide free content and just, it just, it provided a way of connecting at a time where everybody, I think, fully needed it. And, you know, having the opportunity to be doing something to stay in shape and to just stay connected and not feel so, just to forget about the crap that we were going through at the time yeah. is really, really nice. It's evolved, I'm sure, a lot from when you started. You have the whole website, you have live classes. Give us a little infomercial, if you will, of your programs <laughs> and of what you have to offer everybody.
1: Sure. So my husband would call this my elevator pitch because you know, yes. he's in the business world, but you know, I will say to piggyback off of what you were saying before, like I have learned a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I've made mistakes along the way, things I you know wish I would have done differently. I changed my name twice now in the last couple of months, but dance with Dreyer is yes. the final name. Um, <laughs> I like that it uses my name, my last name, you know, and, and it can branch out to outside the pro dance world if and when I'm ready to make that transition. But basically, Dance with Dreyer is completely a virtual um, dance studio, a dance home for anyone who is looking to audition for a dance team. It could be at the high school, college, semi-pro, or pro level. So it's not just looking for people who want to be pro dancers. Um, I've got a lot of dancers who are working with me that are currently in pro auditions, and they're getting ready for their finals, all the way up to you know alumni, people who I used to cheer and dance with um in the nfl who are taking the classes and people who are still current that just want to you know stay on top of their a-game when it comes to learning choreography and performing it so i teach um, a live virtual class every tuesday night at 7:30 p.m eastern um, and the class is always given as an option to take it live with me or to purchase the on-demand recording. And so I have a website and it is dancewithdrayer.com. And on there is every single recording of all the classes that I've been teaching since this past March. So didn't save them back in the day when I was on Instagram, but now I have them all saved. So that way people can take dance classes on their own schedule and they can always come back anytime. And the cool thing about the classes is that we focus on different intentions each week. And so like one week, it might be all about sharp, precise movement. And then the next one can be all about like groove and levels. And so I'm trying to help dancers become more versatile and feel confident picking up choreography and performing hip hop and jazz and power palm and thrashy jazz and precision jazz and all those different styles that they might see in a dance team setting.
0: I really like that, that you focus on intentions. Because now that I think about your posts and the way that you describe the classes and kind of like transitions or, you know, just trying to add different things. Because I think there's so many ways of teaching and everybody has their own style. But I think when you are able to kind of pick an area of focus, it just kind of layers in things that people can think about as they're performing and really truly selling it, right? Because there'll be different things to focus on. It's not just the choreography. It's like your interpretation of it in different ways of just picking on those details. Right. So I'd love that you have like thing that you're going to drive everybody's attention to for that class, because it just makes you an all around better performer. I think, yes, you got the choreography down, but now let's get into those little details to really help you develop and, and stand out, frankly, if you're really in tune with all of that. So that's really great. I like that.
1: Um, I try to give a little like, you know, pro tips along the way to help the dancers. I have quite a few dancers who come and take class every single week. You know, I know they're going to be there. I honestly feel like they're some of my best friends now, but I've never actually met them in real life. I just know them through Zoom now. And, you know, like they're coming back week after week and it. I want to make sure I'm providing something different for them week after week. And they're not feeling like, oh, this is all the same moves and it follows the same, you know, plan every single week. I want it to challenge them and help them to really stay ready for when their team and their audition and their time comes to to go out and put their best foot forward.
0: Wow. Well, that's great. I know there are a lot of different companies out there and and I think it's awesome. I think it says a lot that you have like a faithful base of people who are continuing to get something out of it. I always think about it because there's so many options now. I'm like, what would I have done? Would I have like just tried to find my one person? Cause I'm just like that. I'll just like, who is my person? Or it's great to obviously take classes with as many people as possible. But I think when you really connect with a person's style or- way of teaching and you really feel like you're growing I think it's it's really nice to be able to have your program that really works for you I appreciate when I watch your choreography just like the clean what I would consider like the traditional pro cheer palm power style I don't even know what to call it anymore because everything's changing um I don't know what
1: to call it either like sometimes I'm just like it's pro style. It's not jazz, but it's not hip hop, but it's not pom. It's like this weird hybrid yeah. and mix.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's pro. Like we'll just, that's what we're it's calling pro. it. Pro cheer style, <laughs> a cheer and style where there's cheer motions, but it's just, it's pro. Let's just call it pro. pro. Um, and you know, I'm watching like everything from afar as an observer in our space. And it definitely seems to be like what I consider to be pro like that label is changing um, in our space. And I don't even know where it's going, but it's changing. And I just wanted to acknowledge that I do appreciate that you have just been a good example of what what pro is. And I mean, if it's evolving, it's evolving. But I do think um, there are people out there who appreciate this style over this kind of the new wave pro style that's going on. So, but I wanted to get your thoughts on it, too. Do you Do you notice that change as well? And do you think it will influence your choreography or is it more like I'm doing what I'm doing because it's working? I'm just curious.
1: Um, So I think I do see the change in pro, Mm -hmm. but I see it more based upon the league and based upon the team. So, you know, I would say that the NBA, in my opinion, has significantly more intricate routines. They have more of a hip hop focus as opposed to, you know, that, that old school of like the pro style, you know, the more jazzy and clean, not so many and counts, you know, in the NFL and NHL as there are in NBA. So for me, I definitely see that shift, you know, and I really try to focus on the fact that my expertise is not in NBA style. It is more in NFL and NHL style, but I personally take a ton of other people's classes. I sign up for prep classes for teams that I may not necessarily audition for because, you know, I don't live anywhere near them, but it's helping me to continue to grow as a dancer. And then I'm learning, obviously, like different moves and different, you know, pieces of musicality and everyone's ways of teaching, you know, is so different. And so for me, I think it's important to grow as not only a dancer, but as a dance teacher. So I would say I try to incorporate it a little bit, but I am very clear about the fact that, like, I know where my, confidence lies when it comes to dancing and it is that sharp, crisp, precise, more like cheer motion based type of mm-hmm. dancing. You know, that's that's where my strength is. So I don't want to try to branch out too far out of that comfort zone and put out a product that maybe isn't the best. Like I think there are amazing choreographers out there hosting really awesome NBA advanced level classes. And I highly suggest people go take their classes because I'm in them and I love seeing people from my yeah. classes in other classes you know, so I don't want to ever feel like I'm trying to be an expert in something I'm not an expert at.
0: No. And I appreciate that, but it allows you to be you and it allows you to bring what you have to offer to people who, I mean, cause the people will gravitate towards well, a they should know what their team style is that they're hoping to make, if that's really what it's about, but I know what style that I would prefer to dance. I'll put it that way. And so just knowing that you have somebody that you can kind of, that speaks to you and the, what you're looking for. And I think you can always evolve. And like you said, pick up different things and obviously continue to grow and learn. But I do appreciate where you just kind of know what you're getting, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, <laughs> again, being in from Seattle, our style uh, as part of the Seagulls was definitely similar to what you do. And when I think of like the Seahawks dancers now, I would have been so out of my dang on comfort zone. Like I <laughs> listen to hip hop, but I am not a hip hop dancer. Right. Um, so I just think like, that- to have like their thing, their jam where they kind of can get into their, just their whole vibe and, and excel. And it's good to be outside of your comfort zone, but it's not really where you're going to be like super, super confident. Yeah. So, right. I I always
1: tell people like, if, if you're looking to become like, you know, a hard hitting hip hop dancer, then I'm happy to provide recommendations of other virtual classes that are out there. I don't want to just, you know, take people's money, just you know, to help my business, I want to make sure that I'm being honest with them and giving them the best direction. And so if you want jazz and you want palm and you want, you know, that sharp, yeah. crisp, precise pro dance, then that's my class. If you want really intricate hip
0: hop, that's someone else's class. Gonna, yeah. And that's fair and fine. I mean, I love what you're doing. So just, you know, we'll just leave it at that. But is there anything that you would like to see, I guess, as like a, a forward looking change, whether that's just NHL, NFL, but like, is there a vision, I guess, that you have for what this industry looks like? That's a very loaded question.
1: I think it depends on the team. I think it depends on the league and the location. You know, I think you have done a really good job on the podcast of highlighting major challenges that I think some teams face and you're very, you know, well-spoken and outspoken when it comes to injustices that are happening on these teams and the way that people's voices are silenced you know, when they're on a team. And so I think that, you know, you have provided a good platform for dancers across all the pro leagues, you know, to really be able to say what a lot of people are thinking. So I would like to see opportunities for, you know, dancers and cheerleaders to use their voices and their platforms to, you know, really advocate for equity and things like, honestly, like showcasing the dancers more, you know, like when you look at, when you watch a pro sporting event on TV, a lot of times you don't see the dancers and the cheerleaders, like let's show people these talented and hardworking individuals. These are role models that, you know, young kids can look up to, like, let's show them, let's let them use their voices, but let's also feature them and highlight them when they're in their element. I would say that would be my biggest thing that I want to see is more of an emphasis on them.
0: I always go off about like the lack of information on the dancers themselves, but you're so right. Like the actual performances, there's so much work that goes into preparing a minute and a half routine or whatever it ends up being. Right. And, you know, like you said, there's not that many games that you're performing at. And I know that there's like copyright issues and where you can show the, you know, the music and blah, 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 blah. blah. But just, I do wish that too, because there's not enough content of what it actually Means, And I think people would get a better picture of, you know, as they're researching teams, even of who they want to be a part of an audition for to get a real true sense of game day environment and know everybody's not going to be able to go to a game. You know what I mean? To see those right. performances, to get a flavor of what of what that team is about. But it would be really nice to showcase it more, even if it's just some freaking clips, just a little something-something would be nice. Anything. I, yeah. Anything, like anything like more highlight normal.
1: them. It, you know, I mean, of course you can follow... Of you know, the social media pages and watch the performances. Like I personally follow every NFL squad, every NBA dance team, every NHL dance. I mean, I follow them all literally just because I'm like, especially on Sundays, like I am glued to my phone watching, you know, their performances looks a little different now than it used to, but yeah. that's how it I have been for years. And so, you know, I, I just think it would be nice for other people who aren't in this industry and they don't understand what pro dancing is and means like if you don't know a pro dancer, then then you don't know what they go through and you don't know how hard they work and and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So I would love to see honestly more people be educated about it and
0: not just when you know a team is in the news for the wrong reasons. For the wrong reasons. Absolutely. Cause even as a platform and thank you for the positive feedback of at least what I've tried to do with the podcast, but it's definitely not something where I want to always focus on a rant where I'm going off about something negative that's <laughs> happened it's just um you know just finding ways of celebrating the talent that I know exists in our league and just just highlighting it in a, in a positive way because there's so much to be excited about and there's just so much and it's hard when you're constantly in the space of like I even feel it even with the podcast where it's just like I want to be able to talk about all the other good things too and not just constantly yeah. reacting to some of the stuff that we don't like so much so much but I guess my page can get taken down if, if it will get taken down for trying to like showcase some of that but that was a lot of the inspiration behind the NBA dance team playoffs was like I'm looking at all these routines and they're so dope and it's just like I just want it all in one space for people to actually just get hyped about our performances because they're so good I mean if you just if right. you're loving dance and and pro cheer and everything like that i mean i would love to see the different teams and their element at games and just because what do they do with that footage anyway that's what i'm always wondering like what you see on the screen, right. it's like at least, or maybe people can share their end of the year highlight video or something somebody's got to give right. a, somebody you yes. <laughs>
1: you would not believe the number of times i've had like a i know i i know this photographer got like a great action shot this was in both leagues and i'd be like am I ever going to see that picture? And the more, like the more comfortable I got, I just started like chatting with the photographers and eventually I would ask them, where do you post your pictures after the game? And a lot of times then they'll start to, you know, tell you like, here, like I'll send these to you, like, give me your email address and I'll send it to you. But like, I always wonder, they take all these pictures, you watch them, grab that camera footage of you. And then you're like,
0: where does it go? I don't know. <laughs> ah. There's a vault somewhere, but man, yeah. I mean, there are, well, I will say there are a couple of accounts um, that get NBA dancers' performances. I don't know who they are and how they get access to the content, but they have like a couple of Instagram and as well as YouTube accounts. It's literally like the game day camera. I at the, and I wish there was an equivalent in the NFL because that would be awesome. But you get to see like real live, like they're in a game, and I don't know how they have the rights to share it, but whatever, it's out there, and that would be really, really cool for NFL or any any sports league to be able to show what they do with all that footage. There's a couple yeah. accounts that are clearly got the rights. I'm gonna figure it out. Some little I thing say, that I, I think
1: clearly I have- need to go look up these teams, <laughs> these accounts, because uh, I would love to see this.
0: Yeah, I just love that it's like during the game, and you know, it's the actual, the right camera levels or. Whatever you call that, cinematography, for lack of a better word, where they're actually, you could actually see. And I know that they had a tough year last year, obviously, like kind of dancing in the stands and different platforms that were created, but they really do give you a sense of, you know, what the game day vibe is like. So I wish they could just expand to like NFL. That would be so, so cool. So, yeah, so cool. I agree. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing just your insight on kind of what would be an enhancement to our current space. Cause I, I thought this season, especially, I'm just going to ask my guests, like, what would you like to see? You know, because I know I'm always going off on what I want and what I wish and this and that. But, um, but you know, everybody has their own unique perspective of, of what really makes our world special. Well, are you ready to drop it like it's hot, Nicole? I have a few questions for you. Yep, I'm ready. You're ready? Okay. Other than yourself, who is your favorite choreographer or dancer? My I'm favorite choreographer? No, it's yeah.
1: nice. big Oscar Hernandez. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, literally, okay. I never, ever, ever, ever miss a big Oscar class. Ever, I'm just okay. dying for the day when I can
0: dance with him in real life. Are you going to ProAction? I don't know if that he's so, necessarily there, but are you looking? I at think
1: going- he, I think he's going to be one of the people there. I our team does not go to ProAction. I have honestly thought like maybe I should register independently, but it's always been a dream of mine to go. And both of the teams I've been on do not go to ProAction, so.
0: Well, I'm trying to go with like an observer. I haven't heard anything on my registration, <laughs> but literally I just want to be in the room and I would just like soak it up for everybody. Not, to- not dancing, but just being able to. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Just witness I, it. I'd be there to watch the showcases and like, just sit there with my jaw drop the whole entire time. Yes. So magical. I stalk the videos every year. All the, in-
1: all the Instagram stories, the hashtags, everything.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Oh, I'm right there with you. Right there with you. His performances are just, his routines are, they're so fun. They're so, just everything. Oscar's great. oh so good. Great, great. Okay. Um, what personality trait has gotten you in the most trouble?
1: Oh, <laughs> the fact that I am totally a people pleaser, I think gets me in the most trouble because I will literally not say like, no, if someone's like, hey, will you work this game for me? Hey, will you do this? Will you switch me for that? And I'm always like, yeah, sure. And so I- you know, put myself and my own personal interests and choices second to other people because I don't want to hurt other people's feelings. And then Uh I do things like I get overwhelmed and I get stressed out and then I lose it, you know, and I break down and cry. I would say that gets me in the
0: most trouble. Oh, well, big heart. That's admirable, at least in wanting to help people. And But yeah, sometimes it backfires. Yeah. (laughs) Who is your favorite Disney princess? Oh my
1: goodness. Well, my favorite one I would have to say is Jasmine, mostly because her outfit yes. is spot on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as a little kid, I always would have told you Cinderella just because she had blonde hair and I have blonde hair and she likes sparkly dresses and I like sparkly dresses. That would have been my little kid answer, but my grown up answer would be
0: Jasmine. <laughs> yeah, her outfits on point literally my daughter for Halloween was just, I was like, you know, we had all the Disney princesses and I'm like, which one? I think she picked Belle one year, but when she put the Jasmine outfit on next level, she, you couldn't tell her anything that year. She was very very sassy. in her element when she put that outfit on. Um, Okay. Where's your favorite place to travel?
1: Oh, my husband and I went to Bora Bora for our honeymoon. So I would say that's my favorite place in the whole wide world. Oh my Um, God. Stayed in a little overwater bungalow. We did like our dream honeymoon. Our honeymoon was very ridiculously over the top. So I would say that's my favorite place, but that's not realistic to probably ever go back to.
0: (laughs) One and done, but no. (laughs) One
1: and done. It's one of those things like it was on my bucket list since I was, you know, a lot younger. And I always said, when I get married, I'm going to go to Bora Bora and sleep in one of those little huts in the ocean.
0: Oh, Oh, man great hubby to make that happen let's see yeah you can't beat that i mean honestly i'm trying to think yeah the maldives the maldives is on my list too so okay all right yeah wedding
1: anniversaries or something yeah he'll be like yeah maybe when we're like you know on our 25th
0: anniversary (laughs) oh my gosh well let's see if you could live in any sitcom which one would it be hmm
1: to be honest, the I literally only watch one show on TV. We don't have cable at our house. So okay. I only watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so I honestly like I don't even think I could name you a sitcom
0: right now. There's so much I can't keep track. I'm not a big TV watcher myself. And all these streaming channels have just completely like blown my mind. I could barely keep up with yeah. this recording behind cable TV. And yeah, everybody's like, Are you watching this show? And I just I have to ask like, which dang on service is it on? And I, I, yep. I, it's a lot to keep track of. So, it is. so
1: we're usually watching in our house. We're literally always watching ESPN. And the only time when I grab the TV is literally for The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, let's see, worst job you've ever had. <sighs> when I was 16, I worked at
1: a popular clothing store in the mall. Gone forever 21 I made it through two weeks of employment before I gave my two weeks notice but I said I had to not show up for the rest of my schedule
0: I wonder why tell me
1: I well it was brand new and they were just opening and it was this flashy new store and they had glitter flooring and that's like what drew my attention and so i i was like yeah sure and you know and i got the job and then every single day all you did was the go backs and so it was all the things that people try on in the fitting room and you just had to find where they go and put them away and if you know those stores there's like
0: thousands Don't of items
1: say- oh yeah. my god none at all so i made it 2 weeks and then i i quit <laughs>
0: My answer to is like the retail stuff that I, that and like being a cocktail server for 2.5 seconds, cause I didn't drink. So I didn't know what people were ordering and I was screwing things up royally left and yeah. right. The little bit of time that I worked at the gap made me hate clothes. I already don't even really care for shopping like that, but just all of the, it just took the magic away from walking into a store and seeing the clothes mm-hmm. displayed every way. But forever 21, I could not have done. Cause there's no rhyme or reason to how to find anything I would have, I would have, <laughs> I would have quit. I absolutely they pretended
1: didn't. like there was a rhyme or reason, but <laughs> there, there was, there was not.
0: There was not. Oh my God. Take backs would have been like the worst part, like put me at the register <laughs> or something, but not. That is, of- that's <laughs> what <laughs> I wanted.
1: I just wanted to work at the register and I wanted to talk to people and they were <laughs> like, well, no, cause you're 16. You have to be at least 18 to work at the register. So you can only be a greeter or a go back person. And I was like, okay (laughs) i hate it here yep so i was gone real fast
0: i do not blame you that is one job that i would have like quit well i did quit the gap i just couldn't i just couldn't i blamed it on school but you know whatever yeah um so if you could shop for free at one store which one would you choose oh my gosh um (laughs)
1: Can I say the little conglomerate, TJ Maxx and Marshall's Home Goods. They're all like the same store. And I like when they're, you know how like some of them are connected between the two? I yeah. would just buy all of it, all of it, all the home decor, all the clothes, because you still get like designer clothes that are brand Ooh. new, but you don't have to pay ridiculous prices for it. I mean, and that's how you know I'm, I'm I'm old. Because if you asked me that question three years ago, I don't think I had ever set foot in one of those stores. And now yeah. it's like, now it's like if I go on a trip and I drive by a TJ Maxx, I'm like, I have to go in and see what they have.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: You can get everything.
0: Everything. That's all. Shoes.
1: You want a sweater? You want jewelry? You want a gift for somebody? You want a coffee mug with your name on it? Like
0: you Some can get decorative all. pillows. Like, oh my gosh. I'm starting to venture into the if you notice the theme here, I do like organized stores or boutiques that are small enough where there's just not a million things to choose from. But I think TJ Maxx is my favorite over like Marshalls. There's a little bit more organization to their there is stores. So I have I have gone in and perused without getting annoyed or overwhelmed the TJ yeah. Maxx. You have yeah. you can't go in there looking for
1: something. It tells you like what you what- need and what you want.
0: I like, I like her philosophy that's so true yeah. like, it needs to be like a pressure-free I'm just seeing what they have and it'll yeah. me and you, then you know, seeing your home section and then there's like something that matches perfectly with what you were yeah you're so right yeah oh
1: I just I love it you have to make a day out of it though like if you're gonna go to those stores you just have to say I might be here for 10 minutes or I might be here for two hours
0: <laughs> you're, a pro. you're a pro um let's see so two more Uh, What is your favorite memory from your professional career so far from
1: professional dancing? Mm -hmm. Oh, my favorite memory would be. um, So when I was cheering with the Bengals, we were having the international game over in London and we were considered the home team and they decided to take 12 cheerleaders over for an entire week leading up to the game and do a whole series of just over the top amazing events. And so I was a captain that year. So I was one of the 12 people who got to travel and spend the entire week in London, had never been to Europe before and going on a trip with 11 of my best friends and dancing and doing all these high profile events. I mean, I saw things on that trip that I don't think anyone you know, would normally get to see and get to pose with and take pictures of and things like that. So that by far is my favorite memory ever.
0: Oh my gosh. And I know you're working, but you're seeing, you're going to all of the, I'm sure super touristy locations and yes.
1: Uh, and just so- the way they treat football over there, because it's, it is so, you know, it's so rare for them. You know, they only get a handful of games every year. And so it doesn't matter if, you are a Bengals cheerleader and they're a Cowboys fan. Like they are literally just gonna be so happy to see you because you are somehow connected to the NFL and they just
0: love it. Awesome. Yeah, that's celebrity status probably on a whole other level. A whole other there. level, yes. Well, cool. Well, that's awesome you got to go. I mean, I don't know what it would be like being part of those teams if you're not the one that gets elected, but for the people they that- They couldn't did,
1: take, I understood it. Like they couldn't take all 30- dance, you know, cheerleaders for an entire yeah. week, you know, there had to be, there was some seniority to yeah. it, but still just so amazing. Like I look back and I'm like, wow, like I could, I feel like that was yesterday. And that was already four years ago, four and a half years ago since I went on that trip.
0: Wow. Oh, that sounds amazing. And those are the opportunities. Let's be real. Like what you do earn as yeah. as part of a team. So it's, it's not a given. And I hope Super Bowl should be the one where it's like we're taking everybody, but for some of those other trips, I mean it really they can't they can't possibly make it happen for everybody. But that's one of the things you want to work towards and standing out on a team and being that kind of teammate where they're like, yeah, or that performer where they're just like, right. yep, we meet this person yes. anyway. So good for you. That's awesome. Thanks. Okay, last one. If you knew you could not fail, what would you do? If I knew I
1: could not fail um I would love to be a director of an NBA or an NFL <laughs> dance team if okay. you know that to me I think is like the ultimate goal of anyone who has you know ever been on these teams like it could be any team I really like I don't have like oh it would have to be Cincinnati because I was there like no someone called me up and they were like hey we want you to come and be the director I'd be like yep let me get on a plane right now tomorrow I'll make sure this program is one of the top
0: ones in the league. Uh, that would be my thing. Oh, that gave me chills. That's exciting. I mean, I like the big and crazy wild dreams and, you know, opportunities where it's just like if you call me, I'm or, ready. Yeah. I mean, obviously those roles are not it's not always clear how they come about, how they go about filling them, but you're right. I mean, the opportunity to to shape a program based on all of your experience and stuff would really be I think the ultimate way of giving back to to this space is to be able to kind of lead a team and you know help everybody's dreams come true in this space of making that professional dance team. Yeah, so that that would be my ultimate goal. (laughs) That would be really cool. We'll put it out into the universe. It's been said. i was gonna say. I hope you have some really important listeners. All of the higher-ups and owners listening. Yeah, you know where to find
1: me. I'm ready. I'll be there tomorrow. You have an emergency, I'm your girl.
0: (laughs) Keeping that in mind. Um, Well, thank you, seriously, Nicole, for doing this. This has been a great conversation. And I'm excited to post this episode. I have so many thoughts of like potential song titles. But if you have anything in mind that you think just captures the essence of dance with Dre or anything your favorite dance that you taught you let me know okay I will have to think about that one yeah you've done some good routines and use really fun music I'd like that too I meant to say that like your song choice and the the routines that you do is always fun and like super upbeat and it's just like
1: the pro style that I love I, I know. Well, it's really going to be a nice throwback this week. We're doing Missy Elliott's Lose Control. And I haven't made up the <laughs> dance yet, but I know that's our song. And I'm just like, oh man, like this is going to bring me back to like middle school here, like jamming out to my boombox. Like,
0: yes, yes. Well, that's when dancing just, and I think that's what people, well, maybe I didn't articulate it well enough, but just I like when you're just like in your groove when you're dancing, where it's not even like you're thinking about what move is next, but you kind of just get lost in like the, what I think of, like you said, middle school, high school, little dance groups that you probably were part of performing at assemblies like talent and talent show dances you yes! made up to crazy songs. Exactly. Because <laughs> you're kind of like just lost and having fun with it. And that's what I like to see when I'm looking at choreographers, like fun choreography where it looks like it'll be so much fun to dance it. Like that's what you really connect with. No, sounds-
1: I love it. It's it's so fun. So I could talk about pro cheer and dance literally
0: forever
1: yeah I'm the same all the the time
0: mentioning the positive aspects of it because it is a lot to just remember to infuse into the conversation right because if it's just all for the wrong reasons or reactions to negative things that happen it gets to be sad there's just a lot of great amazing things happening in our space and you're one of them so thank you for being a part of this podcast today appreciate it (laughs) thank you you too have a good one Thanks so much for listening to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. You can follow your favorite podcast on social media at Pro Cheerleading Podcast on Instagram, at Pro Cheer Podcast on Twitter, or on Facebook, on YouTube, and you can support your favorite podcast on Patreon. Until next time, keep your eyes on the sidelines.